You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. It's great to be here, Pogues, and I know that the special music just played for the intro, that uh, that was that, that, that Avengers sort of homage that played uh, with all that audio clipped together of all of our various episodes, over a hundred and you know, five episodes or whatever we're at now. I mean, it was really, it brought a tear to my eye. We got that done, by the way, right? We got that done before the episode. Um, no, but, there was um, there was some union issues. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, turns out Damn we should have used a union. See, it was my mistake. I told our I, I told our employees we're like a team here, and so when they they took that to mean let's form a union, and I was like, no, please, not like that. No, yeah, uh, did not go well for us. <laughs> no, because we're corrupt mistake. business owners. And so oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I got my first pay. I got my first like you know my my, my first uh, paycheck for this company, and I was like, you know what? I hate everyone but myself. Uh, and here we are. Um, so that's our that's a political commentary for the uh, just, start of the episode. Just so in case anybody's curious, no, we do not get paid for this. This this podcast is a net loss. I actually write you it know, off on my taxes. Let me tell you, uh, there was a time. Uh, for in case the IRS know, is listening, I don't write it off. <laughs> there was a time. Uh, uh, well, long time before this podcast, where I wrote relatively consistently for a variety of video game websites about video games. And the number of people that I encountered who thought that journalists were being either overpaid or bribed was the funniest thing I've ever heard <laughs> because I had to spend my time figuring out how I was going to pay rent off of like the $50 I was sent for an article that took me all day to write. So let me tell you, <laughs> when people people think people make serious money off a of podcast, I think about eight people make serious money off yeah, podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Go to, the, go to like the top 10 on iTunes. Those are the people making Those good people, money. And it's not like... like like number eleven makes a little less money. I mean, like no money. I mean, like it's probably. I, I like, would say that like probably ten percent of podcasts break even or yes. make money, and I think the rest are just a project of love or hate. <laughs> like like this podcast. Yes. Now, I'm glad you said love and hate because I won't specify which I feel. Let's go ahead and talk about the next episode. That's right. We watched. Marvel Studios <sighs> presents Marvel's The Avengers rolls off the a, tongue. <clears throat> yeah, a fun a fun throwback to 2012 when we did not know what was coming ahead of us. Yeah. Um, when who when, knew the Shatari invasion would be looked back on fondly by the people of New York? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Remember when the threat was just maintained at downtown and it was like five hours? That was great. You know, I failed to take account if whether or not Trump Tower was destroyed in the Chitauri evasion, but I, I, I really, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it's headcanon that it was. We can hope. I uh, also then, feel like um, in watching it, even though like it was only 12 years or whatever after September 11th, and this was 20 years, while watching it, I was like, I can't believe the people of New York were like cool with this movie being like, Here's us blowing up a bunch of buildings. It just feels like ah, I thought they would have taken a little longer to show things flying into buildings, but boy, was I wrong. <laughs> into recognizable, uh, recognizable cityscapes. Yes, um, mostly, and mostly, most filmed. of the time, just going right into it as if it was part of the plan. Mostly filmed in Cleveland. Yes, um, but I'll get more to that later. Uh, so, so uh, it's really interesting to watch this because at this point, the MCU was no more than uh, a, a series of 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 unsatisfying post credit sequences. That was really all the MCU was. Yeah, that and the, the connective force. 
and the occasional name drop. Those were the only tendons that held this together as a universe. Um, and so this was the first like proof of concept that you could unite those uh, individual properties into one thing. And boy, howdy! I know I, I don't know how Pogues felt, but I I, I had Pogues. I had a good time. Can I be honest? I had I, a good time. I will say I was telling Ben before we started this. It's been a couple of years or so since I actually have watched the this movie. And while watching it today, I was like, man, I'm I'm actually enjoying this movie. Like, I was invested. I thought for sure I'd kind of check out because I'd seen it, you know. I saw it in the theaters, I think, twice, and I'd watched it a couple of times on TV or whatever. So I was really expecting to be like, yeah, I, I know what happens here. I'm going to go get a drink or whatever. But I was, like, really just sitting there actually, like, watching, watching the movie, which does not always happen when we do this podcast. There's a lot of movies I've never seen that I don't pay this close attention to. Yeah, I, I, what I was concerned with is that, you know, when there's a, an actor or a creator or, or something that does lots of properties that people like, makes a lot of content people like, and then you kind of get, you kind of get to sort of see their formula mm-hmm. and, it, and, and it spoils, like you see enough Tarantino movies and you sort of get the kind of the vibe and, and, and you're, you're, you're worried that the next one won't have a surprise that won't surprise you like the other ones did because you can kind of see the writing on the wall. Yeah. Uh, kind of like kind of like most Wes Anderson films where mm-hmm. it's like they're enjoyable as as properties, but after a while it, you can't tell when you see a trailer for a new Wes Anderson movie if it's actually a Wes Anderson movie or it's about at any moment to be revealed that it's a Saturday Night Live parody of an Wes Anderson movie. Like you can't you can't tell because they're that close. Yeah, it's an East Anderson movie. Yeah, I mean I, I kind of was worried because Joss Whedon has be, kind of become that over the years where yes. I started to definitely definitely read the Whedon algorithm in like almost everything that he does from Firefly and whatnot, which is a lot of a lot of quipping, but also that thing where someone delivers a really serious line and at the last minute delivers a light line that completely shifts the tone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, and then suddenly pretends like, and it's very self-aware that they're delivering a like serious line. And then they may even say, Hey, that was pretty serious. Wasn't it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like that very like meta Whedon-ish, uh, Whedon. And yes, I, I, think yes. was, I, I think it was, I think, I think it, I think it was an age of Ultron, which is what we're not, not what we're doing, but I think age of Ultron was the movie that sort of exposed that to me. And so I was concerned coming back into this one. Yeah. I feel like Avengers really is sort of where Whedon cements the Whedon story. Like if you watch Serenity, that movie's got some beats in it. And if you watch Avengers, they've got a lot of the same beats. And then if you watch Avengers age of Ultron, you realize Avengers and Avengers age of Ultron are all the same beats. It's, it's like, I, an identical film, not like story-wise, but in structure. There's a scene where the Avengers don't get along. They're mad at Tony. They have a little fight. Then a villain shows up. They're unified, but then they're broken down, so they have to go rest and like sort of group back up. They have a montage where they get back together, and then they, they end up becoming the good guys again. Uh, there's a character who dies to try to elicit some sort of emotion. There's all sorts of like these little moments yeah, where you're just like, this is fair. like beat for beat the same thing over and over again. To be fair, some of that is just sort of classic, you know. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, you start realizing they're in the same order. They're at the same sure. timing in, like, the film. It's pretty... Because, like, if you go and watch uh, Civil War, not a Whedon film, it does not have those beats in it. You're right. Yeah, that's a good point. Is Infinity other... War doesn't have those beats. 
Endgame other doesn't Marvel have those team themes. up movies, yeah, have a very different kind of shape to them, which is true. Uh, I, I I felt it pretty big time in the uh, the Black Widow sequence when you first meet her, mm-hmm. where it's now, revealed that that one is that one like you almost just picture like it'll be like when the TV credits are going and it'll pop up and say written by Josh Wheaton as that scene goes because it is like so trying to be like look at this dangerous scene and she's like making these wacky jokes and when colson calls and and like that scene only reminded me of one thing which is why don't they ever explain why she has no russian accent (laughs) like yeah at all she speaks russian we know when she speaks russian it sounds like a person who doesn't know how to speak russian speaking russian i don't know if she went to a dialect coach but it does not sound it sounds like if i tried to speak russian like, I mean, like when I try to speak German, you know, when you hear a person who like knows a language versus a person who like knows a language, like I can say shit in German, but it doesn't really sound that good. So it's just very, and I'm like, you know, now I think about it in Iron Man, they never bring it up in the Avengers. You think one of them, they would be like, <laughs> I was trained because I was going to be a spy in America to not have a Russian accent so that right. I could blend in. That's why I don't have a Russian accent. Like just a throwaway line, but instead she even brings up in this movie. She's like, "I was, I'm Russian, or I used to be." It's like, yeah, okay. Where's your accent? People, <laughs> people from other countries whose first language is not English usually have an accent. You sound like you're from like Indiana. Like, yeah, I don't she has she has like the the 1950s Midwest newscaster voice, where it's like the perfect monotone, neutral sound. But. uh we, we see Black Widow in that sort of warm-up sequence where we're being reminded of all the characters that have been already introduced to us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is after our, 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 our biz- what I thought was a cold open I did not remember. Yeah. That opens, opens exclusively on Loki in some sort of cosmic void getting, uh, yeah, where, getting guess, a, a special staff. I, I, I barely remember Thanos that being the just start lives. of the movie. I'm like, wait. You're like the Mad Titan. Later, we see you have a throne room. Why the fuck are you just sitting on a throne in the middle of nowhere? And also, I don't think you can breathe in a void. That was one part that didn't parse with me later on. Because, well, two things real quick. One, we're talking about Thanos. And if we're talking about a comic book adaptation of Thanos, I'm happy with the way they did Thanos ultimately in Mm -hmm. the Marvel Marvel sequence. Because as we talk about in our, I believe, our Endgame or Infinity War podcast... The actual Thanos, like, uh, uh, Infinity Gauntlet storyline was all about him trying to impress, basically just impress a woman, was yes. the entire plot of destroying half the universe, which he, is like, Yeah, he's trying dude. to woo death, <laughs> the physical embodiment of death, which is the ending line. And if you watch the, um, like, after credits, the guy says to challenge humans is to court death. And Thanos ah. turns around and smiles. And that moment when I saw that in theater, I was like, Please don't don't do that story. <laughs> yeah. like, I I remember getting it. Infinity the really Infinity weird. Gauntlet story when I was like younger, and people being like, you know, it's like it's one of those stories like Crisis on Infinite Earths or Secret Wars, like the greats in in you know comic book stories. I remember reading it, being like, this is fucking stupid. The whole thing is about <laughs> yeah. some guy I've never heard of. Who the fuck is Adam Warlock? He kills all the superheroes in like one issue. And I'm like, and he's pretty... doing all this because he's got a boner for death? What the fuck kind of stupid storyline is this? Yeah, that said, going back and watching uh, Avengers, uh, the, the, the first Avengers, is it's kind of confusing because the Thanos that you see in Endgame 
which is not that far chronologically from the events of this film, right? No, like, not terribly yeah. far. A couple of years, and, I think. And and the Thanos in Infinity War slash Endgame, I mean, he is like nigh unbeatable. He is extremely strong. Mm-hmm. And all the heroes of Earth are relatively new. <laughs> they haven't honed their abilities yet. Uh, uh, obviously, Captain America's been around for a while, but he's just been unfrozen and he's not really committed. Like, there's not a, a firm group stopping Thanos from literally just sh- I, I showing guess, up on like, Earth. I guess the idea is supposed to be that, like, he's like, I don't want it. Like, I'm not gonna go get my own groceries if I can just have this guy go get them for me. Now, like, why do I get I, my dry cleaning? I can pay I this guy that. five bucks. He wants, but it is very weird. Say- he wants to stay at home and keep an eye on his five diamonds because they're very valuable and he can't afford to lose them. And so he sends people to go do his tasks for him because he doesn't want to lose his diamonds. Here's the problem, folks. He doesn't have any of them yet. Yeah. He has he has one. Here's... And he gives he gives it to to a known trickster. Yes. <laughs> Which is kind of a bad plan well, from yeah, the start. Yeah. It's also <laughs> weird that I'm like did he not know that this like that made me wonder because I uh, I ended up watching uh, Age of Ultron right after because I was like I was like oh man yeah. I haven't seen these movies in a while I really feel like watching more I'm you know it's like a happy remembrance sort of thing and when they pull the stone out of the uh, the scepter I was like wait didn't Thanos have that and he gave it to him at the beginning of the last movie why didn't he just break it and be like fuck I got one of the gems that that. <laughs> Or two, if he has a scepter that allows him to control minds, why strike a deal with a known liar? Why not? Well, I mean, we see what scepter. happens when he fights known liar. He kills him <laughs> but, really easy. So for, for sure. But why not use the scepter to, to, to uh, uh, on Loki and just be like, "Go do my bidding," and then bring this back? <laughs> I guess he was just like, "I can." Did, did they ever? They established. That, no. that Loki is under under his control, or he's just genuinely convinced. Well, at that... first, I thought Loki was the one doing the mind control. I thought it was like some power he had in the in Avengers. Sure, and then yeah, in Avengers it's, it's too. No, it's the staff because Ultron uses it. A robot does it to a person, and I was like, "Wait, it works for a robot? That doesn't make any sense." I'm confused by the. So if the tip of it touches anyone, it just turns them into a slave of the person holding it, even and if it's like it's... an inanimate object, like. And then Ultron doesn't have a soul. And then it is undone if they take a hard enough spill. Yeah, yeah. You just (laughs) smack him around a little. You bring in the three stooges, let Mo hit him with a. I gotta admit, I gotta admit, the the laws around the Infinity Stones, and and much less the laws around them, the value of them has been made. It it seems really. It doesn't seem congruent with like you know, (laughs) with what we found in the later movies, where it's like the hunt for each one is like. The, the most treasured thing Thanos would never let them leave his sight. Yeah, he he gives one to. A I guess the, I guess they're technically no wait because that one's the soul one. So that one's the good one, right? Right, because that's the one they end up putting in uh, Vision. That's the I'm pretty sure that's the soul one. The Tesseract one's like the kind no. of the worthless one, the one that lets you teleport places. They put the Life Stone. Is uh, that it? Yeah. Oh yeah, the Soul Stone's the one he has to throw Nebula off the build. The, whoops, spoilers. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's the lifestyle. So I don't even know if that one's that important because he seems to be fine without it. What I'm saying is, it feels shot. like I don't know if it's true or not. Although as a DM, I can tell you it's probably true that it was it was probably written backwards. <laughs> I, I, I imagine 
the original script, there was no gem in the. That, that's the what I'm saying. Yeah. As someone who 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 creates du- like stories for dungeon mastering, let me tell you, I often am not 100 steps in front of my players. I'm most more often three steps. But then at some point, I think of something that now it makes previous things I did make more sense, and then I pretend like that was my plan mm-hmm. all along. Or you, or you let you let them say something like when like you just let them talk amongst themselves at a bathroom break, and they'll be like, "Do you think what's his name is the son of the king?" And you're like, "Yeah, he is now." Just, just taking notes. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like what's that type? A great of idea. Nothing. Nothing. A great idea. Me. Um. <laughs> I'm such a cheese. <laughs> I'm the best DM. I told you I'm evil, Ben. Now, uh, but we we get the Tesseract uh, front and center as well as the Scepter in this Shield headquarters sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, however, this is the second time in the f- film order that we see the Tesseract, and the th- well the the third time in the chronological order because it comes up in Captain Marvel, which technically takes place before. Marvel's the Avengers. Sorry, I had I had to remind myself of the timeline. I had to <laughs> drink that it, sentence. It's yes, it's a bit squishy. Uh, but the Tesseract is used in World War II to make Hydra disappears for a while into that Project uh, Pegasus, uh, and then shows up in Captain Marvel with Marvel working on it, and then eventually ends up here in this random underground bunker where Loki's able to open it from the other side using the mind okay i'm gonna stop trying to work out the science here's of the magic. here's there's some great things that i love uh one in that scene where we get to see hawkeye again who is just being like all oh, i'll come and guard this place but put me as far away from it as possible because <laughs> that's where i do my best work why would you have a sniper watching a scientist like why not just have two regular like military police i don't like what, what why is, what, why take a guy who apparently can hit anything from any distance with a bow and arrow despite the fact they do not have that far of a field of uh, like you know a right. range but why put him and just be like hey watch this guy and make sure he's only like using tinder on his phone and he's not like texting russians or something and but, what if the lab was just a regular lab like you know yeah, there's, a, it didn't have a single ceilings? story lab <laughs> would he just be sitting on top of a counter like how would he be how would he be? hey Hey, uh, Barton, I, it's really great that you've come along with us, but could you could you get off the vending machines? Because do you, it's really... do you need to be in the drop ceiling? Because it's very distracting, and I don't just, think it's weight-bearing. Just just sliding a piece of the ceiling Yeah, he's just peeking. peeking and then closing it again. Everything's good. Uh, the other thing I love is in hold that on, scene... Hold on, Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Oh, I, I think Barton got in the walls again. I think he fell God into one of the walls. It. He's, he's looking at us through the vents. It's like that episode of the X Files. <laughs> open a window, see if we can flush him out. <laughs> um, I also live in that scene though. Is they're talking about the thing, and he's like, "Well, this is supposed to be a doorway, right? Doors open from both sides." I was like, "You brought fucking scientists, and nobody thought that if this thing can go one way, it could go the other." No one thought that they were like, "Wait, no, I it's just going to be that. a one-way hole." That's what we call this. That's what we call the CSI, the CSI reveal. Which is a, a classic thing in boomer television, where they show a bunch of experts who who like hone in on one very narrow concept, and then some like wise cracking detective comes in and is like, "Duh, just just what about this very simple thing?" And all the all the nerds go, "Oh, oh of course," because boomers love that idea that just being wise beats beats being st- studied, educated, and intelligent. <laughs> yeah, which is why there's an episode of CSI where there, where two two agents are trying to stop a hack. 
and and the the tech comes in and unplugs the computer and they go oh of course and i was like which um <laughs> just real um, quick if anybody's wondering that would do dick off <laughs> the internet exactly. doesn't shut off when you turn your computer off but movies love that moment where someone's yeah. just like I also Didn't love that the, this. Obviously, I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking scientist. Of course, I thought of that. Yeah, like instantly, like, like what's his name, so, uh, Selwick or whatever his name. Should have walked in and been Selvig, like, yeah, yeah. We always knew this was a problem. That's why we built this little like weird Diaz thing at the end of this long corridor, so that when somebody comes in, they can be on a platform. Like yeah, they're, exactly. Like they're being teleported via Skynet. Uh, that um, seems but- that seems something. I guess. Yeah, it's probably it's it, looking back on it, it had a lot of holes, and I, I wrote a lot of notes on those holes, uh, as you heard uh, at the top. But we're also introduced to uh, Agent Maria Hill, who becomes a uh, becomes a mainstay of the MCU for quite a while. Yeah, as well yeah. as uh, we get our peek at uh, an actual Nick Fury not in a credit sequence, although he's kind of an Iron Man too, right? Yeah, he's an Iron Man too. Never mind. Um, but he's he's full on here. He gets knocked out, and uh, and Loki does not turn him into a slave. Weird choice. Mm-hmm. Um, we get uh, we get Coulson, <laughs> uh, who's who's had some appearances mm-hmm. in the Iron Man films. Great, yes. everybody everybody loves him. They'll make sure to waste him for the rest of uh, the MCU. <laughs> um, and then we begin our our, our rundown of of everyone from the yeah. old movies. Then it becomes a uh, like an actor's reel of just like here's an inner sigil of black widow here's one of the hulk here's one of captain america here's one of iron man oh here comes star it's like wow they're really just one after the other and each one gets sort of like their own little like uh opening as if it's the start of like their own movie that's starting right then yeah it kind of does i but you're totally right but here's the thing Look, watching them again, I found the Black Widow sequence to be kind of hokey. Didn't, yeah. didn't it? Did it? Didn't strike me as fun as it as it does back in the day. But I gotta say, I I still very much love the sequence where we're introduced um, to Bruce Banner. Uh, oh, I thought you were gonna say. I will say this: whoever the stunt person is, and if it was actually uh, Scarlett Johansson, I'm impressed somebody fought tied to a chair. Because it's really... That, that, that is it cool. all CGI or something, that person is beating the fuck out of themselves to do that fight sequence. Yeah, that does look, it does look like hard hard on the elbows. Um, but but watching... I think I think the first scene we get with Mark Ruffalo doing Bruce Banner when he's in this little, like, uh, this small hut in, and, and it's being interrogated pleasantly by, by Black Widow, I thought I, I really liked that scene. Especially when he decides... When he knows he's being sort of... Um, treated with kid gloves uh so he he slams the table and like yells a little bit a little bit like the hulk just to see her reaction and immediately she's guns out swat team called in yeah i thought and he and he kind of knows that he has that that power to wield i just felt like that scene was a really good way to like cement ruffalo into the into the mcu because now i can't see even though like when we did when we did the Hulk with uh, edward norton we weren't like mad at edward norton's bruce banner right like we had no problems with it but but now that I saw Ruffalo, like I I could never go back. I mean, he just really I think he really brings it uh, in a way that maybe not all the other characters did the same for me in a rewatch. Okay, um, I'll be interested to see who doesn't bring it for you in this rewatch. <laughs> well, I don't think it's, I don't think anyone fucks it up. Let me be clear. Uh, I just uh, uh, I found I found I found Black Widow to be kind of lacking in in 
in charisma throughout this I, one. I feel uh, like Black Widow is never given anything to do really in any of the movies at all. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's something that doesn't there's something that and it's not like it's not like I, I think she's a bad actress or I think her no, character I like is Scarlett fucking Johansson. Anything I like Black Widow. I just I feel just, like she's in like a side note like her and Hawkeye are just in the movies to be like and we can't just have the three people we put in movies. That's not an Avengers. Like, give me two more Avengers. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And don't and, have and, superpowers, because I don't want to have to explain that. Like, you need but, a movie for superpowers. If you're just really good at kicking people in the face, you don't need a fucking movie. And and, and this is where they lose me in, in Ultron, which I think we're talking about too much in this episode, but whatever. Is that is that the, 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 the type of fun and the skill set that Black Widow and... Uh, and Hawkeye can bring into this movie is that you know Iron Man is not going to sneak into a facility. Iron mm-hmm. Man is not going to show up just before a mission starts and neutralize some guards. He's not going to pull any heist shit because he's a loud metal guy with rockets for arms and legs. Like he can't do anything covert. Again, not to link it back to D and D, but he is he is not the face. He is not going to show up into any event and do something clever and roguish. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that fun is relegated over to those two characters. And the first movie has some of it. We see Barton, even though he's evil, doing a heist. We see... Uh, yeah, which is quite... We'll get to that. Yeah. And Natasha's doing some stuff uh, and, and doing some recon and she's, you know, doing some interesting things. But I remember, like, the first opening scene of Ultron, like... Hawkeye's just doing backflips in the middle of a <laughs> of a of like a laser fight with a bow, and I was like, that just doesn't seem like yeah. what his skill set would lend him to do. There's also like a scene later where they're trying to sneak into a place, and they drop Captain America off, and I'm like, wait, in, in Age of Ultron, I'm like, why didn't you have dropped off Black yeah. Widow? And I'm like, yeah. I thought about anyway. the sequence afterwards, and I'm like, they could have just switched their two roles, and it would have been fine. But anyways, back to the movie we're actually doing. <laughs> but we also get Captain America here with a sequence that I also do love, which is him. <laughs> I find, in re-watching it, I find the uh, him just going to a gym and breaking punching bags to be really stupid. Like, when I rewatched, it, I was like, this is really dumb. Why would he just, one, not just pick up the one he just knocked over and just patch <laughs> it up? And I was like, and what, he does this every day? He just comes and breaks punching bags? Like... It, it's just, I was like, uh, it's he's been out of freezing for at least, like, a month, and this is always, I don't know, it just seems so cheesy to me that, and then, like, when he goes to leave, like, they're like, we got a ship waiting for you, he picks up one of the punching bags, where does he think he's going to attach that where he's going? Does he think the ship has a, a hook for is, punching bags? Is he carrying it home? Does he have a, does yes. he have a hall closet full of those? Because we know he lives in a, in, in a meager, uh, in, in a meager apartment. <laughs> well, I will say later in Civil War, he lives, or yeah, he lives in a pretty decent apartment in uh, yeah, Winter Soldier in Civil War. Decent, I should say, by New York standards. It's like a great apartment actually in New York. Everywhere else it would be like, eh, not bad. But, you know, because it has more than one room, you're living the high life in New York. We also get uh, Tony Stark uh, mm-hmm. uh, configuring power cables for his new Stark Tower, which will play, which I think is good because it's fun to watch Tony build a monument to himself. Yes. But, which is very, very appropriate for his character. But then also turns out to be, like, not wasted time because, A, we get some 
character development between the two characters with him and um, and Pepper. But we also get the setting for the later fight at the end of the movie. But which is here's a nice my only problem with this whole thing. Is it that you can't stop thinking about Goop when Gwyneth Paltrow is on TV? Because I had a hard time yeah, separating kept, myself from the weird like, Gwyneth Paltrow like, that exists. I was thinking the whole time, I was like, does she go out on that thing where he lands to take his Iron Man armor off during the day and just sun her asshole? Because that's her other thing she sells. <laughs> is showing your asshole to the sun and that for some reason makes you healthier which just for the record too much sun anywhere is not good uh but the thing that i I dislike is it takes them so long to figure out i'm like the whole time i'm like of course he's gonna go there you just said it has its own power source so there'd be no way to turn it off like why does it take you guys so long to realize that's where he sent the thing it's also literally in the center of new york city it'd be the perfect place to launch an invasion yeah, the other both, thing weird about both, this scene is... Both mechanically uh, and narratively. Oh, yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. But the other weird thing is, does it seem odd that they're, like, in top of, like, this state-of-the-art building that's, like, going online for the first time, and it's fully powered, but there's no one else there, and she's wearing these really weird jean shorts? To me, it just seemed, like, so out of character, and I don't know why. The whole time I was like, why is she wearing jean shorts now? Like, <laughs> if she's supposed to be relaxed, you wouldn't be wearing jean shorts, like, in the middle of an office. Like, put her in yoga pants or something was that a thing in 2020 maybe not or 2012 yeah i can tell you like, but i'm pretty confident jean shorts is not a loungewear <laughs> yeah like I'm, I'm just like i know people who wear them i don't think it's like they're like oh, i just got home from a long day let me put on some <laughs> jean shorts and i'm like also like that's their office that's where they work shouldn't she be at least slightly it seems up? like it's their apartment to be honest i don't yeah, quite it's get very it confusing is. yes it's very confusing and um, we get so- more action with colson well, yeah, who, who we have to make as lovable as possible before the before the the third the three fourths mark of this film. We gotta um, get him to be so. You gotta gotta be all that that guy from Coulson. Speaking of Coulson, something I totally adore that they have him do is 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 sheepishly talk to Captain America about his collector trading yes. cards. I adore that because it is such a good. It's a. It's an incredibly good character build for Coulson. It does improve the lovability for the later sequence, mm-hmm. but it's um, also super in character for his guy. Like you could be like, it is. Yeah, he would definitely idolize Captain America. But, but I also really enjoy it when they build a universe of any kind and they pay attention to how it would impact pop culture. Uh, yeah, the fact that if their superheroes existed, there would be like merchandise that would be sought after because captain america wasn't just like a cool hero he was a cool hero who, who actually punched hitler you know what i mean like yeah like like he fought a that, guy whose head was literally a red skull yeah that would that would definitely drive for there would be captain america movies in a yes, movie in a universe where captain america existed you know what i mean um, yeah, and yeah. especially because he appears in multiple films during the 40s so they know he existed it's not like he was like a spy he was selling yeah. war, uh, war bonds so like like, like into the spider verse when they're selling like spider-man merch I'm yes. like, of course they would be of course they would be uh so i love that he, he brings up these trading cards and both that he brings it up that they exist and that that steve steve rogers is a little bit uh bashful that he's been idolized in such a way it's a perfect moment for all that yes. to happen in one little sequence of dialogue which i think and, was i had to make I, note of it I also think it's great because then they, they have Colston talk about uh, he had like a hand in designing Captain America's uniform and the idea is to be like, yeah, that's why they he's not just wearing like 
a tactical harness with like you know a knife in it and you know kevlar pants and stuff like the dude who helped design it was like no he should look like captain america from the captain america movies and trading cards like he should look like a superhero right i I like that and then when he wears that costume it even though it's i never realized how ill-fitting it is until i watched this again i was like yeah really like a lot of it's, hard angles on his shoulders and stuff. It's also too blue. You feel like yeah, I felt like it's, it was it's, it's too, too bright blue. blue, which is not the yeah. color of the flag, the blue in the flag. It should be much darker. But they bring it down to like a darker blue, and they kind of temper the fabric, of the leather of it. Yeah, and, it, and the white's it, it, it not quite as white. The other problem yeah. is like, and this is probably just you know, as things go on, you get better at doing this stuff. But it has like these weird like fake metal pieces like on the shoulders, and then just like in the middle of his arms. And they're like shiny, but they're so clearly in all the shots while you're looking at them. You're like, well, that's just a piece of plastic. And then you also have to think is nothing would be worse than just attaching a random piece of plastic to a suit that you could fall on. Like, because if you fall over and there's just a piece of plastic and it jams into your arm or whatever, like you're just adding like fret, like pressure points to your body that could cause serious harm or at least leave like really big bruises and stuff. And they they appear to be for no reason other than to be like, this suit's too blue. Put something right there. You gotta go Superman or Batman. You gotta go full spandex or all hockey pads. Like it's gotta yes. be. It's gotta well, be. <laughs> I think like the later suits because they they stick very similarly. Yeah. And, but in my opinion, I still think. I mean, I truly think his best outfit is the one he wears in the very beginning of Captain America, where it is just the straight one from the comic, where it is literally like American flag wrapped around his waist. Yes, yeah. I, to it me, is Captain great. America should never wear anything but that. Um, but the, the, the attempt one... to update it is kind of like when the the X Men films, where they're just like, yes. oh, we can't give him yellow suits, so we'll give him like black snowboard jackets. It's like, Ugh, get, get out of here. Yeah, and I feel shit. like they got better as they went on. Like, I think his one in. Uh, Civil War is really good when he's got yeah. like the Agent of Shield one. I think his original one from First Avenger is really good. This one is just very jarring, and I never realized it until like when I was watching it again. I was like, "Man, this suit is really awkward." And he, it seems like he's really uncomfortable in it because if you watch the way he stands, it's like he doesn't know what to do while he's in it. Because like I imagine it's doesn't like breathe or move, so he's like stuck in these like unnatural positions when he's standing. I feel bad for him. Um. It's around this time that we're also introduced to another major character in the film, the Helicarrier. <laughs> yes. So Which... let me ask you a question, folks. Are Helicarriers ever a good thing and not a giant death trap? <laughs> well, here's the thing that I love about the Helicarrier. The idea is... Like, aircraft carriers are to launch ships because you can't make them fly a certain distance. That's what a, that's like what an aircraft carrier is for. Planes can only fly so far... Right, refuel. Reduce the flight path of 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 of, of the helicarrier yeah. is flying, thus defeating the purpose of ever needing any planes on it. <laughs> and also, it appears to be the size of a regular aircraft carrier, which are like I think like half a mile long or a mile long or something. If that thing fell out of the sky into a city, it would kill so many people. It's the worst yeah. design, unless you're only gonna fly over water. And it's confusing because let's say that the fact the idea is that okay if a if a if a aircraft carrier on water is meant to sail closer to a potential enemy to then launch aircraft against that enemy then the advantage of a helicarrier is that you are not limited by bodies of water that you could put you could put this thing anywhere and then launch aircraft the problem is is that it is so exceptionally hard 
to take off and land from an aircraft carrier on the water. I couldn't fathom how hard it is <laughs> to take them off and land well, from an aircraft that is thousands of miles or you know uh, 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 miles in the sky. Like I just no, no, it doesn't seem like the, it's the good thing that I love all. though is is when somebody came to them and they're like, "We want to put the helicarrier in." Somebody was like, "All right, I guess we'll just have it have gigantic turbines on the side," and that's what tell. And people were just like, "Okay." Nobody yeah. was like. Maybe we shouldn't do the helicarrier because it's kind of dumb. I appreciate it. Like, in watching that scene, I was like, this is the fucking dumbest invention. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. We, you've created an, an engine. It's so lift, comic booky. I love and it. And there's, it's... like, could you imagine the amount of thrust needed the to fuel, lift? The I mean, fuel. Just the force <laughs> needed to lift an aircraft carrier off of the ground. They weigh thou like, millions of tons, probably. But you and you're just admit... like, I guess attach a couple fans to it. It makes a great set piece. But oh, it's to so me, it, good. To me, it reminds me of any time in any action movie someone's in a helicopter. You can be like, well, yeah. that's going to get shot down. No helicopter makes it from point A to point B in any film. And this is basically just a really big helicopter. So yes. it's like, if this thing's going to get damaged. It's going to fucking get destroyed. But I love that one of its main features, the reason that it seems to actually help the characters in this film, because they don't actually need to... They don't actually take no, the helicarrier. It doesn't actually believe. do anything to help them at all. Because it, it can't even make it to New York in the final yeah. moments to do anything. Like they, right. The characters weren't even like, could it just show up and be shooting at the Chitauri? They're like, nah, it's just That would have been cool, the by the way. Yeah, it would have been great if it was overhead and like people were up on there shooting at them and they were showing them like dying or something. Yeah. Plane, planes taken off? Yeah, that would be very, yeah, very neat. some stakes. Uh, but it doesn't happen because the thing is impractical and insane. But what I what I also love uh, uh, about it is that it, it, the the sole reason that it helps the plot along is that it has a bunch of it has a, a whole bunch of computers tapping into satellites um, to illegally surveil everyone. Yes. They they say at one point they're tapping into any <laughs> webcam or any camera that is connected to the internet from cell phones to laptops. So they're like turning on people's laptops and watching them shower to make sure they're not actually yeah Loki. huge question how many of those screens at any given moment are watching someone masturbating <laughs> yeah i mean like yeah there's probably some guy like ah oh, damn fuck shit god damn it this is my whole job um uh no wonder you want to so take a break in place in galaga yeah. but also this is literally the plot that makes like that makes like batman <laughs> question but his morality i will DC say though movies. it does make sense because at this point in time shield is actually hydra and they just it, don't know it that is a good question in fact we get a we get a look at a couple characters that we are later confirmed to be hydra mainly mm-hmm. uh jasper sitwell i had to look him up because obviously he's yes. not important yeah, enough to he, be named he, has kinda, best, but... he has a bit role where he's uh helping pilot but he's, 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 he's providing he's important memorable. information like the turbine's off <laughs> So um, this led me to another Thank question. Thank God they brought him back. <laughs> uh, uh, I know th- there's a whole action sequence here, which with the, the turbines and, and Barton and Hawkeye. Well, can and we talk about how it starts? But yes, I want to talk more about the the breakdown in the team that we see. Well, wait, real quick. This the the thing with Barton showing up. This this is like one of those things. I there's a few points in this movie where like I think this is a good movie and I enjoyed watching it. But there are some parts where I was like, this is fucking really stupid writing. Like, if anybody had spent 30 seconds looking at this, they'd be like, this is fucking dumb. This ship shows up. They know Barton has been compromised. They give He gives a code, presumably, that he knows 
they didn't change any of the codes, and then they just let it fly around the outside of the helicopter for a while, or helicarrier, shooting arrows at it, and no one's like, huh, that's weird, that thing's not landing like we told, like, they're the worst fucking, like, you can't even get within half a mile of a military ship before they scramble planes to shoot you down, and this one, they're like, I don't know, he says he's got guns, I guess we'll let him land. Yeah, and the other question is, I guess, I guess if you assume that that Loki is like taken over some other agents or something, you know, that and, and that they, that that Shield doesn't does not net, not yet know are Even, compromised. But you would still assume, like the second you were like one of our own is compromised, you'd be like, yeah. oh, we'll change every fucking yeah. code we have, even to like the copier. I don't also, I don't want to find also, out he why- made a bunch of copies. They they were scanning all of these satellites and webcams and street cameras for Loki, a teleporting god who can look like anybody. Um, maybe track Barton, a regular guy that you yes. have all the information on, and they who can't like, and who can't magically look like anything. And I'm gonna go out on a limb here. They don't show it, but they have to steal this Quinjet from somewhere to fly up there. The, the plane, yeah, they're right? In. The military base that the Shield was at that they stole it from didn't have any cameras to catch these people showing up and a bunch of shield agents are dead nobody's like huh nobody from like the san antonio office is rung in you think that's an issue Meh. oh there are planes here it's got but guns this leads me to another question uh ultimately which is a much much broader question uh uh what are the exact powers of some of these heroes because i've led to a lot of confusion and that kind of comes partially from like how they're trying to track loki because again they're scanning, they're scanning camera feeds for Loki's face. A guy who, whose literal whole deal is illusions and disguises. So mm-hmm. I don't understand why that is yeah, good. They're not or looking why for Loki... the Doctor or Barton, both of which they would have like so many fucking photos of that they could easily create a 3D model of their head and find them. But the part of the problem is that Loki, they're kind of right because Loki strolls around this movie in, 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 in not in any a remote kind of disguise. And that's because yeah. he's confident, because he has this mind scepter and he's Asgardian. Well, the only time they really find him is when he wants to be caught. Right. But it leads me to a really important question, is what what are Loki's powers? Now, I know he can do illusion magic. That's fine. He appears to be bulletproof, which I do not think is a that's, power of the Asgardians, because I think Thor is afraid of bullets, I thought. Because Thor he's, and... He always avoids being shot at. Thor and Loki... Like are hit by, uh, well, well, Thor and Loki are hit by like blasts, you know, from from everybody. Uh, everybody can live Iron through Man's a blast cannons. in this movie. Yeah, yeah, Iron, yeah. Iron Man's cannons border on. I'll disintegrate you to. I'm gonna knock you over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's shot at and all kinds of things. And he's never even remotely threatened by it. And I'm trying to like figure out like, is he just like kind of tough? You know what I mean? The, that's he, the other thing is like. What, He's what shown he? as not being tough, really, at all, very much in the Thor movie. Right. And then in this movie, he's, like, beating Thor up, and I, it's very confusing, because... And then he just runs away, and it, I was like, why did you stop? I you were winning. You just stabbed him. Don't leave. And I don't mind that he's, like, ro- like a rogue. Like, he can, like, trick you, and then, like, you, you swing at his illusion, and he stabs you. You know, I'm not against him being good with knives or whatever. But he's, like, not scared of the heroes in a one-on-one fight. And I'm like, well, what, what? I get him he? not being afraid of like Captain America, yeah, but right. But I'm like, what? What are his parameters? Like, what? What? What constitutes hurting him? Because the only time we ever see him like hurt, hurt is when he is like B 
beaten to a pulp by the Hulk. Because, as you said before, when he is ultimately just sort of, like, knocked back by Iron Man's blast, he gives up, but that's also clearly, like, what he wanted to do. Even the, mm-hmm. even the characters in the, the film know that he's just giving up on purpose to to accomplish something's plan that they haven't figured out, which, of course... Um, yeah, that, that's sort of an issue with all of the, like, superhero movies is the heroes border on, like, not being able to be hurt by anything. Like, they can, they'll be shot through, like, a concrete wall. And they get up and they're like, oh, and then they just go right back to fighting. But then later somebody will like hit them with like a lead pipe in their knee and they're like down for like five minutes. And you're like, no, you can't be thrown through a solid object and get up as if nothing happened, which would kill any real person. Like you can't be a human being and be thrown through a solid object and have the object like break. You're not going to, there's no way you're going to live through that. Like Iron Man dies in this movie 15 times due to blunt force trauma. I don't care how good his armor is. You cannot be falling that fast and then abruptly stop and not die. Like, the impact is still going to happen. The armor can't protect him that well. And But that's like it. It's like they'll have this, and then later they'll be like, sh- they'll be in an explosion, and they'll be fine. And then the next scene, a rocket will go off near him, and they'll fall over, and they'll be out for a while. It's just, like, all over the place of what hurts them. Thor sometimes is hurt by, like, mundane objects. And then other times, uh, a laser that could disintegrate a building hits him, and he's fine. And, it, and it's just and very confusing. It's also his own strength, because he's... Uh, clearly, we're given this idea that they're literal gods. People always say that. Yet, yeah, this, this though, was still in the early part of Marvel, where they won't say he's a god. They just keep saying he's an alien. Right. But, but, but like, Thor swings his hammer full force at Captain America's shield, and I know it's vibranium and all, but his he's got regular old human arms behind it and i know this they're superhuman i know he's got some marvel law that vibranium disperses all force or something yeah Um, that's the whole point of vibranium you yeah it it, it acts as like a conductor so anything that hits it it just holds that and then it's supposed to be like it shoots it back or whatever unless that thing is one of thanos's just kind of swords he has around because he breaks the shield yes in endgame and i don't understand how that works there's the... there's a lot and that's my point that's like one of the things that bothers me about the these movies and it's sort of a thing with comics just in general for sure the superheroes always have a power when they need it but when they don't they want to get rid of it like captain america gets severely injured a lot in this movie and he keeps getting back up and he keeps looking hurt and he keeps acting hurt everybody else like gets thrown through something and they'll stand up and they're just like oh like I, like they just did like a sprint and then they just shake it off and start running again. And it's very confusing because, like, at one point they're shooting the Hulk with uh, these lasers at the end. And you're supposed to be like, oh, this is it. This is the end of the Hulk. And I'm like, I just saw him walk through. He made an, a gigantic monster explode while he was on top of it. And it yeah. exploded all around him. And he was perfectly fine. I don't think a bunch of random lasers that couldn't damage the thing he blew up the characters, are going to hurt him. Even the characters don't seem to understand each other's, like like thresholds for for danger which yeah. in a way I, I understand it's like you know they're just trying to find trauma- like 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 a uh, uh, triumphant moments for the characters to yes. have but in another way it, it it steals away some of the the danger that you might potentially feel when you know a character's like when you watch spider-man like like charge a bunch of guys with guns like we know, all of us know, that he should not be shot. That's bad. Like, yes. he, he has to stay agile and mobile and use his yes. webs. and Because guns and be, are bad. And be clever, because he if he takes a round through the shoulder, he's going to fall down and bleed on the floor and be very upset. You know, I mean, he might get up and run away, but, but like, that's bad. 
So, but when people point, like, lasers at Thor, I'm like, I don't know what that laser does. I don't know what Thor can or can't withstand. So I don't know what the stakes are here. (laughs) Well, because it seems like the only thing in the Thor movie that he has to worry about is the Destroyer. And that thing's laser can kill him. But then... (laughs) They have a destroyer laser in this movie, and it doesn't even damage Loki's. I bullets. need to know relative laser strength. That is my concern. Well, it's just one of those. And then, like, like they drop Thor out of this thing, and he's falling, and he's falling, and I'm like, would this kill him? Because he falls a lot in these movies, like with way more force. Like he's falling yeah. at terminal velocity all the time. Like he's not falling any faster in that thing than he is just falling. You know what I mean? So it's it's really good. And he has to get out because he's going to die. And I'm like, would he? Would he just hurt, hit the ground and be like, oh, that hurt? And this leads me to want to talk more about the New York fight scene. But before I we... I don't think that would kill the Hulk, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would either. Uh, before we move on all the way away from that, what, I'm, what I am concerned about, uh, or one thing I wanted to comment on, I mean to say, um, is that every time someone comes in to talk to Loki in his prison cell, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I loved those sequences. I thought they were very well. Like, Nick Fury's departing line after he's imprisoned Loki and mocks him is, just call me if you need a magazine or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a great dismissal. It's such a great put down to Loki's whole, like, position of, like, I'm greater than, I'm a god to all you, you ants or whatever on the boot. Just, like, just let me know if you want a magazine. It's such a fucking perfect dig. And Romanov's, like, emotional manipulation, probably one of the few moments we get to see her actually just display her talents as a spy. And show her, like, being a better... Because, like, the opening scene is supposed to be she's tricking this guy. He thinks that he's caught her and she's giving him this outdated information. He's going to tell her the truth because she's so dumb and then he's going to kill her. And really, she's just letting him give, like, the bad guy rant. But, like, the whole time, you're like, this is really dumb. Why is this guy having this conversation with her? Like, why is he telling her all of this information? But in this she like goads loki into like a loki speech which makes sense for his character and it's really well done in this one and it shows her like using his her like the fact that she's more clever than he is but that never comes back up she tricks the god of trickery but eh, we don't get any more of that but what comes next uh, we, we 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 sort of hinted at earlier which is that uh um which is of course uh, uh, Chekhov's Coulson, which is that if you introduce a if if you, if you introduce an affable nice guy into a Whedon film, you could be sure that 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 guy did. Uh, yeah, later on it's in like film. a Spielberg showing you a child in the beginning of a film. <laughs> you know, within twenty minutes, that kid's going to be in peril. Or or like it, once you see the pastel colors and symmetry of a Wes Anderson movie, you know Adrian Brody's coming up any minute. Boy, am I, I'm really digging into Wes Anderson this, this episode. I, know. I don't know what my problem is. Um, but but this, is, of course, is, uh, is the quote-unquote, big quotes, death of Agent Phil Coulson. I say death in giant quotes because I had to actually double-check myself because I haven't watched the show because I didn't like it that much. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, dealt with the fact, I think it was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., dealt with the mm-hmm. fact that he, he, didn't, he did actually die here, which I think is at least a good way to do it i hate when a character is stabbed then clearly dies and later on they're like no it was just a close to fatal stab yeah yeah he dies and he's sent to tahiti i believe is what they keep saying in the show which is actually like an acronym yeah yeah and it's a project using i think it's crawl alien like tissue to regenerate dead tissue on humans but it causes like all sorts of psychotic yeah it, do- it doesn't go super well for anybody involved and uh, including colson 
and uh, I think his mind wiped. There's a whole. It's very comic booky, which I think is appropriate, I suppose. Where where just to try and explain who a character is, it's like trying to in a comic book series, it's trying to like explain catch someone up on like a soap opera where you're just yes. like where you're just like, oh yeah, that character was actually a duplicate of another character that existed long before. But that char- that first it, it character turns out it turns out all these characters that died were actually scrolls, and uh, they yeah. had been in the secret invasion. And it turns out that scrolls don't really exist. They're more of a figment in the mind of an ancient god baby that they. And find and capture and put in a ring, like you know what I mean. Like it's <laughs> that's the kind of thing that like like explaining these characters is like. And when when I realize that explaining Phil Coulson's like TV and movie chronology is actually as complicated, I think we officially met the the requisite level of complexity to be a comic book property. <laughs> I and, think it's appropriate. And it's it's such a it's a waste because I liked Coulson and I feel like he would have been like good sort of comedy relief that's not comedy relief because like you can have him say anything and it's sort of humorous because of his like dry demeanor and he's fine agents of shield was an okay show i I quit watching it i think i made it through like the first three or four seasons and i enjoyed it for the most part but it's hard to watch because there's like a really shitty production value they're not really shitty but just low so it's kind of hard to watch them do some of the stuff but it's sort of dumb that colson exists and works for shield and they never tell anyone and somehow stark never finds out captain america never finds out and the thing that really struck me that i thought was like really annoying was he totally should have been at uh tony stark's funeral at the end end game yeah like they should have let him come back and come to the funeral that would have been a cool soft reveal at, at yeah the fact just have that him in the background around. yeah so but uh they kill him off and this my problem with them killing him off is this it's it's there's no real reason like the idea is they need colson's death to solidify the heroes into fighting but none of these characters under any circumstances would not have gone to new york to try to save the day they you know i mean like right they're all heroes in their own right and when thing happened they still would have showed up maybe they wouldn't have worked as well as a team but they still would have showed up and tried to stop the event so, like, the idea that, like, oh, we have to kill them because that's how they're going to get together is so pointless. It's not necessary. Because Iron Man still would have wanted revenge regardless because Loki made a fool of them. And Captain America would have never stopped fighting because he's Captain America. That's sort of his thing. Although I could not believe they didn't work in the I could do this all day bit into this movie when I had Thor ask if he's ready to take a nap or something. And he's like, oh, why? Or he says something about, you ready for another round? And Captain America's like, oh, were you wanting to take a nap or something? I'm like, how did they not have him say, I can do this all day? They have him say it in, like, every other fucking movie. And so he's like, no, I could probably keep this going for a while. Yeah, um, I, think I, got, I think I got one more in me. <laughs> I got one more in me. It's a way he's, lamer version of that line. He, he's he's every kid playing a video game online. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I got one more in me. I don't want to wake up too early. Uh, but, but... The finale of this movie uh, is is pretty. I mean, we talked, we joked earlier that they didn't, they could have brought in the uh, helicarrier for some extra oomph. But frankly, I mean, for 2012, early MCU, this is like a lot. I mean, they mm-hmm. they span uh, obviously a lot of it's uh, almost all of it. I would say actually all of it is digital, but they span 
huge swaths of New York City. I think a lot of, uh, not all of, but uh, some of the shots of cars exploding are real cars exploding. Yes. Like the way they flip over and shake, like you can tell when a car is fake and it gets blown up. uh, When it lands, it just lands. I watched some some behind the scenes and so they filmed uh, all those sequences on the streets and and, uh, around some of the major buildings in both on the streets of Cleveland, which is hilarious to me because I can't think of something less like New York. Um, <laughs> but also in like a big sound stage that they was like super long. They did homage to Howard the Duck. Uh, yeah. Uh, a big, a big long sound stage with like, yes. where like the, the road and the cars and a lot of like, anything that was like shoulder high was real. Yeah. You uh, can find tons of footage of them standing in yeah. the package of cars. But what was really cool from a technical side is they had crew like drive up and down in something that was kind of similar to like the Google street view car. And just take entire like 3D mapping footage of New York streets so that they could then lay it like create the models and lay it over so that it looked like New York, which I was like that's a huge effort when they could have phoned in by just making yeah. it look kind of like and, a city, you know? <laughs> and I, yeah, and I will say, like yeah, because I mean they they set the final fight scene in like if you've been to New York City or you know anything about it, like. You recognize, like, I, I've never been to New York, but I've seen enough movies set in New York, and I know enough about the city. Like, I could get to where that is, probably, you know? Yeah. With minimal effort, because they're also by Grand Central Station, which they destroy. Um, so it's like, there's all sorts of stuff that, like, they, they put in that you're like, oh, this is, you know, neat, and they, they take the effort. And the fight scenes, while somewhat repetitive, are still enjoyable, and they, they, they come up with, like, unique ways for them to, like, use their powers when they're doing that, like, tracking shot of Iron Man flying around, and he, like, lands and shoots his laser into Cap's shield, who then, like, spins it so that it cuts people, like, apart, and then he flies up and goes past uh, Barton, who's shooting people, and then you go over to Thor. Like, all those things are cool. I mean, they're a little, like, you know, heavy-handed as far as... But it's enjoyable, and again, for what this movie is, like... To sit there and see all these superheroes together, like you've seen them in comics for decades, to see them in in a movie, it's still super impressive. And even now watching it, I was like, this is still cool. Like, even though I know it's kind of hokey, and I know they get so much better after this, that, like, by comparison, it's sad. No, I I totally agree. Uh, Something also, side note, it's fun to look up. Uh, I wouldn't know what the exact terms are, but I I think uh, there's a blooper that showed up. Because when they do the the like uh, the sort of trailer sequence where they pan the camera around with all the characters sort of gather yes. in that like then in that circle um as they come around to thor like his hammer comes flying out over to him and he grabs it in the sort of a power pose as they pass him there's a great shot because that effect was partially practical where they actually had like a, a foam you know hammer like, yeah, and they, be, like throw it at him yeah and there's a, there's a scene where you can see him <laughs> uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth try and catch it and just sort of like juggle it in the air going ho, 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 the way you like would juggle like a like a hot pop tart that you just took yeah. out too soon from the toaster there's, there's, <laughs> there's a bunch of shots of that scene where him and Captain America are together yeah and you see Chris Emmons and you see what is the saddest thing ever is most of the time Captain America is not he's not holding anything because the shield is CGI when he throws it because they can't have him actually throw it so yeah. he like has to pretend catch and then put a pretend shield on his arm and <laughs> pantomime it. And oh, at the God. same time, Thor's holding out his hand and they have like this hammer that they like wing at him. And he keeps dropping it. And there's like a bunch of shots and like one of them, he misses it entirely and it just flies right into Chris Evans and like bounces <laughs> off because it's just foam. And it just like bounces off him. You can see Chris Evans is like confused. But every time you can just see, I just keep thinking, 
I see why Chris Evans didn't want to keep making these movies. If half of your time is pantomiming putting a shield on your shoulder, it would be really <laughs> annoying after a while. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but 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 that that's yeah, like you were talking about moments ago, like watching overlapping fight, essentially separate chase sequences, like connect. I couldn't fathom. Like I know it's all I know it's all CGI, but I couldn't fathom being on the team or the production team that had to sit down and try and like like lay out a fake map of New York and map like, okay Hawkeye's here yes. you know could you imagine the logistics of getting all those yeah, characters yeah I mean I, like, I'm passive? sure the stunt coordination for that scene alone probably was like an entire stunt team for a normal movie they probably like I like I assume they hired one stunt team and they were like you guys just choreograph and write this entire thing this 20 minutes of the movie and we'll get a whole nother team to do all the other fight scenes because you don't have time. You have to choreograph 850 fight scenes. Like, yeah, I just can't imagine because most of the Shatari are CGI and there's tons of shots of like the making of where you can see they are fighting nothing. There's nothing on the soundstage but them. And they're basically just answering calls of the stunt people being like, punch to your right, punch to your left, spin kick. And you're just like, God, this must have been mind numbing to try to film against nothing you're, you're just kicking nothing sometimes it's a dude like in a mocap suit or whatever so they can put the body in but a lot of times there's just nothing there yeah for like when iron man's shooting stuff like there's tons of shots of like iron man just waving his hands and there's it, nothing around him because they're like well, we're just gonna put in effects of people exploding it seems so ha- put it a person seem hard there. to do those sequences and not under your breath go Jew. You know, just yes. make sound effects like when you were a kid, you, you know? Yeah, you mean like uh, the amount of, there's like, they say that there's something like uh, five hours worth of ruined takes from Star Wars movies from people going pew, 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 pew or making yeah. the sound of a lightsaber when they swing it. It would be extremely hard. And they don't mean to, to do, do it, but there's like no noise, so they're just like, because they remember doing it as a kid. <laughs> and you, can, if you go back and watch a lot of the like behind the scenes footage from the first Star Wars movie, Harrison Ford says bang every time he pulls the trigger on his gun because he thought he had to let them know so like they could sync the laser to him. No, Harrison. Shooting. But then they were like, you can't tell. You're just pulling your finger. Like nobody can see that. Please, Harrison. Um, but there's a great shot of Luke yelling in the background. He's like, no, when Obi-Wan dies. And Harrison Ford just like, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> it's just like so mundane and like, uh. But anyways, Avengers um well this seems like an irrelevant thing to say because this is probably one of the few episodes where we've had predominantly compliments but uh would you recommend anyone to maybe who maybe only saw it on opening day to go back and rewatch? watch i would actually Avengers? say go back and watch it because this, something I, I know this will be surprising to anyone who's listened to five, you know more than five episodes of this podcast i hate a lot of things i'm very critical of, of of art uh especially film I love film, but I'm very critical of it, and sometimes probably more than I should be. And most of the time when I see a movie, like, I'll see a movie, and I'll be like, I like that. And then I'll watch it again, like, five years later, and I'll be like, I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, I'm not, just, like, demeaning to myself. While watching this movie, I genuinely enjoyed it. Like, to the point where I was, like, super wrapped up in it. And, like, because, like I said, like, when we watched Venom, I, like, checked out during parts of it like i'd be like huh what's going on on my phone let me send a text or i'd be like doodling this movie i just sat and watched like and like i said when it was done i i, I remember being like man I, I forgot how good these early mcu movies were and kind of like the light-hearted superhero movie i went and watched age of ultron a movie i don't like 
Yeah. And and while watching it, I was like, yeah, okay, I still don't like this, but man, do I like seeing Captain America. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of the way that they framed these characters, and that's kind of one of the best parts is that if you talk to like ten different people that like Marvel movies, they probably have a different character um, that they have like a huge affinity for from these films. Or, or yeah, like uh, me and a guy I used to work with, we uh, we used to do like our top ten movie stuff, and when we did the Marvel movies, even though we have sort of a well, we don't. He likes a lot of terrible movies. But, like, we have similar taste in comic book movies. Our lists were still wildly different. The only thing is we both agree is that we think Civil War is... It goes Endgame, then Civil War. Oh, wait, no, he hated Endgame. So I guess, no, it's not true. <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, to me, I think Civil War is still the best of the comic book movies. Like, I, lo- I loved Endgame, and I thought it was a really good movie. But to me, Civil War is, like, the most enjoyable comic book movie to watch. Yeah, it helps that you keep the personal, like, literally down-to-earth stakes... Yes, uh, I, and, uh, and that's and those are my favorite comic book stories. I'm yeah. not really, I'm not super into like the stories where they're like Captain America has to stop the end of the world by you know it's like I like the stories where it's just like the Red Skull's got something zany he's gonna do and Captain America <laughs> goes and fights him. Those are the stories I like. He's got a, a different kind of laser this time. It's yellow. Yes, we don't know yeah, what it does. Yeah. <laughs> even even like when he gets like the cosmic cube in the comics and like he's gonna change reality. You're like, no, he's not. It's nothing's gonna happen. And so it's there's enjoyable stuff, and uh, so that that stuff like I I enjoy. And so I think Civil War because to me it's it's so much more character than the rest of these movies. For sure. You know what I mean? Like you get so much into them and you get to see more with the actors and stuff. But yeah, I would recommend going back and watching this because I was surprised how much I enjoyed watching it. Now, I'm sure if I watched it again in two weeks or a month, I'd be like, eh, maybe don't watch it again. But having <laughs> not seen it in a couple of years, yeah, I recommend going back. Yeah, I, I probably, as people could imagine, the, the exact same reaction. It's 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 impressive how little I found myself uh, finding fault with this film. Like, I thought that I would either feel the weed and energy was tired, or I would feel that the plot points that were later built upon for the later movies were too shaky. And there was obviously a few things there that didn't make yeah, total sense. But, and, but, and I was worried like the uh, characters wouldn't be because like, you know, Iron or Thor and Captain America had had one movie each. So there wasn't like a lot of fleshing out of the right, characters compared exactly. to what you get later. It so felt, I was afraid they were going to be really bad. It felt like, you know, you'd watch an entire like multi-season television show and you went back later on to go watch the first season again. And you, and now with that context, it's like everything feels off in the first season. Yeah, yeah, because everybody's, everybody's slightly different before they fell into that rhythm of exactly yeah, who they Yeah, I was are. worried like about that. when you watch that. those early community episodes and Troy's just a straight jock and then you watch the end and he's like an uber nerd with yeah Abed. or or you watch season one brooklyn 99 and rosa uses her normal voice and you're like what is happening <laughs> this doesn't make any sense um but but i was I, I was i was afraid that i would have a lot of that feeling about the avengers but i didn't i just like like you said i genuinely felt that it it just holds up to put it simply yeah yeah i was i was really worried too when i started it because the opening thing where they they had those guys and they were talking to loki i was like oh this is really dumb like, while watching it, I was like, this is really hokey, and I'm worried. And then they cut to the scene, and Barton's sitting up on the rafter, and I was like, okay, this is also sort of hokey. And then they went to the Captain America scene, and he beats up the punching bag, and I was like, uh. And then as it kept going, I just started getting more and more into it. And I was worried, because I was like, oh, man, am I going to end up hating this movie after I, I used to like it? <laughs> I don't want it to happen. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to hate it, because, I, you know, you know me and Chris Evans. But So I was super pleased. Um, I will say real quick, my notes were very short but i did have 
I'm just gonna like five bullet points real quick. Uh, I did like when they went to the lab that houses this very specific piece of metal that comes from meteorites. It's this really secure lab, but it only has one door lock, and it's just a retinal scan. There's no keypad, no voice. You, once you get through that door, you can get anywhere else in the building, which I thought was probably not a great design choice. Also, uh, like three guards. <laughs> yes, yes, they kill three. They're all standing outside with machine guns, and then their their door is basically held by like a push lock from Home Depot. And then I like that when they bring Loki into the helicarrier, for some reason, the path to the special prison they built goes right past the high-tech pe- high lab where Bruce Banner is searching for Loki. It's like, wait, that's the that's the only path to this room is through the place that shows all your R&D? <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, I also enjoyed that when uh, the Hulk showed up after falling through that building and he shows up at the end of the movie, he's freeballing in those pants, you know, because that guy didn't give him underwear. He just threw him a pair of pants. <laughs> that is a good note. Uh, and then there, there was uh, the one thing I saw. Th- this movie had something which uh, my complaint is. At one point, well into the fight into New York, there's still people in their office building, like at their desk, just looking out the window. Yeah. No one's still in a building. 30 seconds after that portal's open, everybody is running and getting away. But at one point, some debris falls off of a building or something happens, and the fight's been going on for like four or five minutes at this point. The police are there, they're trying to evacuate, and they show this thing fall, and it lands on a hot dog stand. But in the shot as it's falling, the dude who's running the hot dog stand is still standing there and sees it and starts running away. This motherfucker was selling hot dogs (laughs) during the invasion. That is dedication to your craft and your profession right there. Chitauri got to eat, man! Chitauri got to eat! In case the police get a little munchy while they're fighting these aliens. No, it's it's it's. He, this guy saw the aliens coming from the sky. And he thought, you know what? These guys are gonna win. So if I can offer them some delicious, yes. some delicious, I'm food. gonna give them a piece of Brooklyn, some hot dogs. Yeah, that. And I do love that. There's just like a guy who works for Shield who was perfectly fine with nuking a city of like well, that's... two million people. That's a common that's a common concept in in movies. Blue collar workers will do their do their job right up until they almost die. My favorite in any movie is when two people are like thrown onto like a moving truck and the truck is still going. Like what yes. driver is in a semi does hears two people get on the roof? He goes, "Well, I better just keep this keep this." Yeah, speed. things are exploding beside him. He's like, "I get. I mean, I still gotta get this over to." <laughs> can't slow down i don't meet my time quota man they dock my pay there might be two matrix agents doing backflips from truck to truck but i gotta get from point a to fucking be here man <laughs> time you to understand down. i've got tires in the back of this thing <laughs> well um to summarize the avengers still good age of ultron uh different opinion we'll have to, we'll, we'll have to do that soon <laughs> yeah so we can talk because i had some feels while watching it um with that, I think uh, I think we've covered everything there is to cover about uh, Marvel's The Avengers. Marvel um, Studios presents Marvel's The Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Uh, well, take us out, folks. It's your job. Well, it's literally uh, your job. 
I mean, I didn't know I had a job. I thought mine was just to have the robotic <laughs> opening where sometimes I mispronounce the word always for some reason. Well, I could get um, I could get Bill, who sometimes fills in for the end sequence, but as I've already established in the canon of this episode, our union dispute is going on right now. So True. I have to I have to feel this. This is my position. Come back next week. We'll have a mini episode where we will tell you what movie is up next. If you have a movie suggestion, as always, you can leave it at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or SoundCloud slash NAOSpod. Do it! Leave us some suggestions so we don't always have to come up with them. I actually did get one I got to talk to you about. I forgot. hey So that's it. Come back next week, and we'll see you then. If they suggested Howard the Duck again, tell them no. No.